Good evening. Welcome to the Weird Tales Podcast. My name is Tycho Alhambra. Thank you for listening. This, ladies and gentlemen, is the long-awaited Robert Block Lovecraftian tale episode that I have been hyping for the last, like, four weeks. I have finally decided to go and do it, so here it is. Uh, A couple quick things about this. Number one, there is a character in here who speaks with an Egyptian accent, and I am not sure what an Egyptian accent sounds like. I've been playing Assassin's Creed Origin for the past month. I don't know what an Egyptian accent sounds like. And rather than do a bad accent or an offensive accent or an accent that's not even Egyptian, uh, he's just going to speak with a neutral accent. So there you go. I know I've done... I know I've done Middle Eastern accents in the past. I don't know if they were right. I don't know if they were even close. So I'm not even going to bother doing one this time because I'd rather not, you know, do something wrong. So there you go. There's a quick word about that. All right. Um, We will have the House on the Borderlands continuing tomorrow and all throughout the week and all throughout the rest of the month. So away we go. Fane of the Black Pharaoh. By Robert Block. One. Liar, said Captain Carteret. The dark man did not move, but beneath the shadows of his burnous, a scowl slithered across a contorted countenance. But when he stepped forward into the lamplight, he smiled. That is a harsh epithet, Effendi, purred the dark man. Captain Carteret stared at his midnight visitor with quizzical appraisal. A deserved one, I think, he observed. Consider the facts. You come to my door at midnight, uninvited and unknown. You tell me some long rigmarole about secret vaults below Cairo, and then voluntarily offer to lead me there. That is correct, assented the Arab blandly. He met the glance of the scholarly captain calmly. Why should you do this, pursued Carteret, if your story is true and you do possess so manifestly absurd a secret? Why should you come to me? Why not claim the glory of discovery yourself? I told you, Effendi, said the Arab. That is against the law of our brotherhood. It is not written that I should do so, and knowing of your interest in these things, I came to offer you the privilege. You came to pump me for my information. No doubt that's what you mean, retorted the captain acidly. You beggars have some devilishly clever ways of getting underground information, don't you? So far as I know, you're here to find out how much I've already learned, so that you and your fanatic thugs can knife me if I know too much. Ah, the dark stranger suddenly leaned forward and peered into the white man's face. Then you admit that what I tell you is not wholly strange. You do know something of this place already. Suppose I do, said the captain unflinching. That doesn't prove that you are a philanthropic guide to what I'm seeking. More likely you want to pump me, as I said, than dispose of me and get the goods for yourself. No, your story is too thin. Why, you haven't even told me your name. My name, the Arab smiled. That does not matter. What does matter is your distrust of me. But since you have admitted at last that you do know about the crypt of Nefren Ka, perhaps I can show you something that may prove my own knowledge. He thrust a lean hand under his robe and drew forth a curious object of dull black metal. This he flung casually on the table so that it lay in a fan of lamplight. Captain Carteret bent forward and peered at the queer metallic thing. His thin, usually pale face now glowed with unconcealed excitement. He grasped the black object with twitching fingers. "'The seal of Nefren he whispered. When he raised his eyes to the inscrutable Arabs once more, they shone with mingled incredulity and belief. "'It's true, then, what you say,' the captain breathed. "'You could obtain this only from the secret place, the place of the blind apes where Nefren Ka bindeth up the threads of truth.' The smiling Arab finished the quotation for him. 
You too have read the Necronomicon, then. Carteret looked stunned. But there are only six complete versions, and I thought the nearest was in the British Museum. The Arab's smile broadened. My fellow countryman, Alhazred, left many legacies among his own people, he said softly. There is wisdom available to all who know where to seek it. For a moment, there was silence in the room. Carteret gazed at the black seal, and the Arab scrutinized him in turn. The thoughts of both were far away. At last, the thin, elderly white man looked up with a quick grimace of determination. "'I believe your story,' he said. "'Lead me.' The Arab, with a satisfied shrug, took a chair unbidden at the side of his host. From that moment, he assumed complete psychic mastery of the situation. First, you must tell me what you know,' he commanded. "'Then I shall reveal the rest.' Carteret, unconscious of the other's dominance, complied. He told the stranger his story in an abstracted manner, while his eyes never swerved from the cryptic black amulet on the table. It was almost as though he were hypnotized by the queer talisman. The Arab said nothing, though there was a gay gloating in his fanatical eyes. 2. Carteret spoke of his youth, of his wartime service in Egypt and subsequent station in Mesopotamia. It was here that the captain had first become interested in archaeology and the shadowy realms of the occult which surround it. From the vast desert of Arabia had come intriguing tales as old as time, furtive fables of mystic Iron, city of ancient dread, and the lost legends of vanished empires. He had spoken to the dreaming dervishes whose hashish visions revealed secrets of forgotten days, and had explored certain reputedly ghoul-ridden tombs and burrows in the ruins of an older Damascus than recorded history knows. In time, his retirement had brought him to Egypt. Here, in Cairo, there was access to still more secret lore. Egypt, land of lurid curses and lost kings, has ever harbored mad myths in its age-old shadows. Carteret had learned of priests and pharaohs, of olden oracles, forgotten sphinxes, fabulous pyramids, titanic tombs. Civilization was but a cobweb surface upon the sleeping face of eternal mystery. Here, beneath the inscrutable shadows of the pyramids, the old gods still stalked in the old ways. The ghosts of Set, Ra, Osiris, and Bubastis lurked in desert ways. Horus, Isis, and Sebek yet dwelt in the ruins of Thebes and Memphis, or bided in the crumbling tombs below the Valley of Kings. Nowhere had the past survived as it did in ageless Egypt. With every mummy, the Egyptologists uncovered a curse— the solving of each ancient secret merely uncovered a deeper, more perplexing riddle. Who built the pylons of the temples? Why did the old kings rear the pyramids? How did they work such marvels? Were their curses potent still? Where vanished the priests of Egypt? These and a thousand other unanswered questions intrigued the mind of Captain Carteret. In his newfound leisure, he read and studied, talked with scientists and savants. Ever the quest of primal knowledge beckoned him on to blacker brinks. He could slake his thirsty soul only in stranger secrets, more dangerous discoveries. Many of the reputable authorities he knew were open in their confessed opinion that it was not well for meddlers to pry too deeply beneath the surface. Curses had come true with puzzling promptness, and warning prophecies had been fulfilled with a vengeance. It was not good to profane the shrines of the old dark gods who still dwelt within the land. But the terrible lure of the forgotten and the forbidden was a pulsing virus in Carteret's blood. When he heard the legend of Nefren Ka, he naturally investigated. Nefren Ka, according to authoritative knowledge, was merely a mythical figure. He was purported to have been a pharaoh of no known dynasty, a priestly usurper of the throne. 
The most common fables placed his reign in almost biblical times. He was said to have been the last and greatest of that Egyptian cult of priest-sorcerers who for a time transformed the recognized religion into a dark and terrible thing. This cult, led by the arch-hierophants of Bubastis, Anubis, and Sebek, viewed their gods as the representatives of actual hidden beings, monstrous beast-men who shambled on earth in primal days. They accorded worship to the Elder One, who is known to myth as Nyarlathotep, the Mighty Messenger. This abominable deity was said to confer wizard's powers upon receiving human sacrifices, and while the evil priests reigned supreme, they temporarily transformed the religion of Egypt into a bloody shambles. With anthropomancy and necrophilism, they sought terrible boons from their demons. The tale goes that Nefren Ka on the throne renounced all religion save that of Nyarlathotep. He sought the power of prophecy and built temples to the blind ape of truth. His utterly atrocious sacrifices at length provoked a revolt, and it is said that the infamous pharaoh was at last dethroned. According to this account, the new ruler and his people immediately destroyed all vestiges of the former reign, demolished all temples and idols of Nyarlathotep, and drove out the wicked priests who prostituted their faith to the carnivorous Bubastis, Anubis, and Sebek. The Book of the Dead was then amended so that all references to the pharaoh Nefren Ka and his accursed cults were deleted. Thus, argues the legend, the furtive faith was lost to reputable history. As to Nefren Ka himself, a strange account is given of his end. The story ran that the dethroned pharaoh fled to a spot adjacent to what is now the modern city of Cairo. Here it was his intention to embark with his remaining followers for a westward isle. Historians believe that this isle was Britain where some of the fleeing priests of Bubastis actually settled. But the pharaoh was attacked and surrounded, his escape blocked. It was then that he had constructed a secret underground tomb in which he caused himself and his followers to be interred alive. With him, in this vivid sepulcher, he took all of his treasure and magical secrets so that nothing would remain for his enemies to profit by. So cleverly did his remaining devotees contrive this secret crypt that the attackers were never able to discover the resting place of the Black Pharaoh. Thus, the legend rests. According to common currency, the fable was handed down by the few remaining priests who actually stayed on the surface to seal the secret place. They and their descendants were believed to have perpetuated the story and the old faith of evil. Following up this exceedingly unusual story, Carteret delved into the old tomes of the time. During a trip to London, he was fortunate enough to be allowed an inspection of the unhallowed and archaic Necronomicon of Abdul al-Hazred. In it were further emendations. One of his influential friends in the Home Office, hearing of his interest, managed to obtain for him a portion of Ludwig Prinz' evil and blasphemous De Vermis Mysterious, known more familiarly to students of recondite arcana as Mysteries of the Worm. Here, in that greatly disputed chapter on Oriental myth entitled Saracenic Rituals, Carteret found still more concrete elaborations of the Nefren Ka tale. Prynne, who consorted with the medieval seers and prophets of Saracen times in Egypt, gave a good deal of prominence to the whispered hints of Alexandrian necromancers and adepts. They knew the story of Nefren Ka and alluded to him as the Black Pharaoh. Prynne's account of the Pharaoh's death was much more elaborate. He claimed that the secret tomb lay directly beneath Cairo itself and professed to believe that it had been opened and reached. He hinted at the cult survival mentioned in the popular tales, spoke of a renegade group of descendants whose priestly ancestors had interred the rest alive. They were said to perpetuate the evil faith and to act as guardians of the dead Nefren Ka and his buried brethren, 
lest some interloper discover and violate his resting place in the crypt. After the regular cycle of seven thousand years, the black pharaoh and his band would then arise once more and restore the dark glory of the ancient faith. The crypt itself, if prints to be believed, was a most unusual place. Nefrenka's servants and slaves had builded him a mighty sepulchre, and the burrows were filled with the rich treasures of his reign. All of the sacred images were there, and the jeweled books of esoteric wisdom reposed within. Most peculiarly did the account dwell on Nefrenka's search for the truth and the power of prophecy. It was said that before he died down in the darkness, he conjured up the earthly image of Nyarlathotep in a final gigantic sacrifice, and that the god granted him his desires. Nefrenka had stood before the images of the blind ape of truth and received the gift of divination over the gory bodies of a hundred willing victims. Then, in nightmare manner, Prin recounts that the entombed pharaoh wandered among his dead companions and inscribed on the twisted walls of his tomb the secrets of the future. In pictures and ideographs, he wrote the history of days to come, reveling in omniscient knowledge till the end. He scrawled the destinies of kings to come, painted the triumphs and the dooms of unborn empires. Then, as the blackness of death shrouded his sight and palsy wrenched the brush from his fingers, he betook himself in peace to his sarcophagus, and there died. So said Ludwig Prynne, he that consorted with ancient seers. Nefren Ka lay in his buried burrows, guarded by the priestly cult that still survived on earth, and further protected by enchantments in his tomb below. He had fulfilled his desires at the end. He had known truth and written the lore of the future of the knighted walls of his own catacomb. Carteret had read all this with conflicting emotions. How he would like to find that tomb if it existed. What a sensation. He would revolutionize anthropology, ethnology. Of course, the legend had its absurd points. Carteret, for all his research, was not superstitious. He didn't believe the bogus balderdash about... Nyarlat Hotep, the blind ape of truth, or the priestly cult. That part about the gift of prophecy was sheer drivel. Such things were commonplace. There were many savants who had attempted to prove that the pyramids and their geometrical construction were archaeological and architectural prophecies of days to come. With elaborate and convincing skill, they attempted to show that, symbolically interpreted, the great tombs held the key to history, that they allegorically foretold the Middle Ages, the Renaissance, the Great War. This, Carteret believed, was rubbish, and the utterly absurd notion that a dying fanatic had been gifted with prophetic power and scrawled the future history of the world on his tomb as a last gesture before death, that was impossible to swallow. Nevertheless, despite his skeptical attitude, Captain Carteret wanted to find the tomb, if it existed. He had returned to Egypt with that intention and immediately set to work. So far, he had a number of clues and hints. If the machinery of his investigation did not collapse, it was now only a matter of days before he would discover the actual entrance to the spot itself. Then he intended to enlist proper governmental aid and make his discovery public to all. This much he now told the silent Arab, who had come out of the night with a strange proposal and a weird credential. The seal of the black pharaoh, Nefren Ka. 3. When Carteret finished his summary, he glanced at the dark stranger in interrogation. "'What next?' he asked. "'Follow me,' said the other urbanely. "'I shall lead you to the spot you seek.' "'Now?' gasped Carteret. The other nodded. "'But it's too sudden. I mean, the whole thing is like a dream. You come out of the night, unbidden and unknown, show me the seal, and graciously offer to grant me my desires. Why? It doesn't make sense.' 
This makes sense, the grave Arab indicated the black seal. Yes, admitted Carteret, but how can I trust you? Why must I go now? Wouldn't it be wiser to wait and get the proper authorities behind us? Won't there be need of excavation? Aren't there necessary instruments to take? No, the other spread his palms upward. Just come. Look here, Carteret's suspicion crystallized in his sharp tones. How do I know this isn't a trap? Why should you come to me this way? Who the devil are you? Patience, the dark man smiled. I shall explain all. I have listened to your accounts of the legend with great interest, and while your facts are clear, your own view of them is mistaken. The legend you have learned of is true, all of it. Nefren Ka did write the future on the walls of his tomb when he died. He did possess the power of divination, and the priests who buried him formed a cult, which did survive. Yes? Carteret was impressed, despite himself. I am one of those priests. The words stabbed like swords in the white man's brain. Do not look so shocked. It is the truth. I am a descendant of the original cult of Nefren Ka, one of those inner initiates who have kept the legend alive. I worship the power which the black pharaoh received, and I worship the god Nyarlathotep, who accorded that power to him. To us believers, the most sacred truth lies in the hieroglyphs inscribed by the divinely gifted pharaoh before he died. Throughout the ages, we guardian priests have watched history unfold, and always it has agreed with the ideographs on those tunneled walls. We believe. It is because of our belief that I have sought you out, for within the secret crypt of the black pharaoh it is written upon the walls of the future that you shall descend there. Stunning silence. Do you mean to say, Carteret gasped, that those pictures show me discovering the spot? They do, assented the dark man slowly. That is why I came to you unbidden. You shall come with me and fulfill the prophecy tonight as it is written. Suppose I don't come, flashed Captain Carteret suddenly. What about your prophecy then? The Arab smiled. You'll come, he said. You know that. Carteret realized that it was so. Nothing could keep him away from this amazing discovery. A thought struck him. If this wall really records the details of the future, he began, perhaps you can tell me a little about my own coming history. Will this discovery make me famous? Will I return again to the spot? Is it written that I am to bring the secret of Nefren Carr to light? The dark man looked grave. That I do not know, he admitted. I neglected to tell you something about the walls of truth. My ancestor, he who first descended into the secret spot after it had been sealed, he who first looked upon the work of prophecy, did a needful thing. Deeming that such wisdom was not for lesser mortals, he piously covered the walls with concealing tapestry. Thus none might look upon the future too far. As time passed, the tapestry was drawn back to keep pace with the actual events of history, and always they have coincided with the hieroglyphs. Through the ages it has always been the duty of one priest to descend to the secret tomb each day and draw back the tapestry so as to reveal the events of the day that follows. Now, during my life, that is my mission. My fellows devote their time to the needful rites of worship in hidden places. I alone descend the concealed passage daily and draw back the curtain on the walls of truth. When I die, another will take my place. Understand me, the writing does not minutely concern every single event merely those which affect the history and destiny of Egypt itself. Today, my friend, it was revealed that you should descend and enter into the place of your desire. What the morrow holds in store for you I cannot say until the curtain is drawn once more. 
Carteret sighed. I suppose that there was nothing else left but for me to go, then. His eagerness was ill-dissembled. The dark man observed this at once and smiled cynically while he strode to the door. Follow me, he commanded. To Captain Carteret that walk through the moonlit streets of Cairo was blurred and chaotic dream. His guide led him into labyrinths of looming shadows. They wandered through the twisted native quarters and passed through a maze of unfamiliar alleys and thoroughfares. Carteret strode mechanically at the dark stranger's heels, his thoughts avid for the great triumph to come. He hardly noticed their passage through a dingy courtyard when his companion drew up before an ancient well and pressed a niche, revealing the passage beneath. He followed him as a matter of course. From somewhere, the Arab had produced a flashlight. Its faint beam almost rebounded from the murk of the inky tunnel. Together, they descended a thousand stairs into the ageless and eternal darkness that broods beneath. Like a blind man, Carteret stumbled down, down into the depths of three thousand vanished years. All right, well, thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed part one of Fane of the Black Pharaoh. Part two will be coming next week. Uh, and then in the meantime, please continue enjoying the house on the borderlands. Uh, it is all going to work out perfectly that it's going to, I'm going to have a regular episode every Monday and then every other day is going to be house on the borderlands and it's going to wrap up right on the 31st on Halloween. And I'm really happy that it worked out that way. Um, so there it is. I hope that you have enjoyed this reading. And, uh, as far as anything else goes, da, 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 here's the bloops. Wait, I take that back. It's not the bloops yet. Um, if you enjoy the podcast, if you like the show, please feel free to leave me a rating and a review on iTunes. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter. My Twitter is at Weird Tales Pod. I'm on Facebook. It's the Weird Tales Podcast. I don't do a lot on Facebook because I continually forget that it's there. And I actually don't even go on Facebook that much anymore because I don't care that much. But, uh, it's there. Uh, and, uh, if you're there, I, I, I do post stuff there occasionally, not often but sometimes. So thank you for listening. I hope you, uh, have a great week and I will see you, I guess tomorrow, really. Da 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 da. Here's the bloops. He had spoken to the dreaming dervishes whose hashish visions. Wow. That's hard to say. He had spoken to the dreaming dervishes whose hashish, hashish visions. He had spoken to the dreaming dervishes whose hashish visions viewed their gods as the representative... They temporarily transformed the religion of Egypt into a bloody shambles. With anthropon... With anthropomancy... With anthropomancy... Anthropomancy? I bet if I asked Hermagoras, he'd be able to tell me. I'm going to go with anthropomancy. I'm going to go with anthropomancy, and if that's wrong, uh, I'll probably hear about it caused himself and his followers to be interred. Interred? No. 